Welcome to the Bunyip and Ayotashli podcast. Welcome back. This is Bunyip and Ayotashli, a speculative fiction podcast. Please consider liking and subscribing through whatever podcast service you use. You can also visit the website at Bunyip and Ayotashli, no spaces.com, where you can find announcements of the daily Bunyip Bites podcast as well as this one, and occasionally other things as well. This week I've got a deal for you. A deal in ostriches by H.G. Wells. Talking of the price of birds, I've seen an ostrich that cost 300 pounds, said the taxidermist, recalling his youth of travel. 300 pounds. He looked at me over his spectacles. I've seen another that was refused at four. No, he said, it wasn't any fancy points. They was just plain ostriches. A little off color, too, owing to dietary. And there wasn't any particular restriction of the demand, either. You'd have thought five ostriches would have ruled cheap on the East India. But the point was, one of them had swallowed a diamond. The chap it got it off was Sir Mohini Padishah. A tremendous swell, a Piccadilly swell, you might say, up to the neck of him. And then a whopping turban with this diamond in it. The blessed bird pecked suddenly and had it. And when the chap made a fuss, it realized it had done wrong, I suppose, and went and mixed itself with the others to preserve its incog. It all happened in a minute. I was among the first to arrive, and there was this guy going over his gods and two sailors and the men who had charge of the birds laughing fit to spit. It was a rummy way of losing a jewel, come to think of it. The man in charge hadn't been about just at that moment, so that he didn't know which bird it was. Clean lost, you see. I didn't feel half sorry to tell you the truth. The beggar had been swaggering over his blessed diamond ever since he came aboard. A thing like that goes from stem to stem of a ship in no time. Everyone was talking about it. Padishah went below to hide his feelings. At dinner he pigged at a table by himself, him and two others. The captain kind of jeered at him about it, and he got very excited. He turned round and talked into my ear. Who'd not buy the birds? He would have his diamond. He demanded his rights as a British subject. His diamond must be found. He was firm upon that. He would appeal to the House of Lords. The man in charge of the birds was one of those wooden-headed chaps you can't get a new idea into anyhow. He refused any proposal to interfere with the birds by way of medicine. His instructions were to feed them so-and-so and treat them so-and-so, and it was as much as his place was worth not to feed them so-and-so and treat them so-and-so. Padishah had wanted a stomach pump, though you can't do that to a bird, you know. This Padishah was full of bad law, like most, and talked of having a lien on the birds, and so forth. But an old boy who said his son was a London barrister argued that what a bird swallowed became ipso facto part of the bird, and that Padishah's only remedy lay in an action for damages, and even then it might be possible to show contributory negligence. He hadn't any right of way about an ostrich that didn't belong to him, that upset Padishah extremely, and more so as most of us expressed the opinion that that was the reasonable view. There wasn't any lawyer aboard to settle the matter, so we all talked pretty free. At last, after Aiden, it appears that he came around to the general opinion 
went privately to the man in charge and made an offer for all five ostriches. The next morning there was a fine shindy at breakfast. The man hadn't any authority to deal with the birds, and nothing on earth would induce him to sell. But it seems he told Padishah that a Eurasian named Potter had already made him an offer, and on that Padishah denounced Potter before us all. And I think the most of us thought it rather smart of Potter, and I know that when Potter said he'd wired at Aden to London to buy the birds, and would have an answer at Suez, I cursed pretty richly at a lost opportunity. At Suez, Padishah gave way to tears, actual wet tears, when Potter became the owner of the birds, and offered him 250 right off for the five, being more than 200% on what Potter had given. Potter said he'd be hanged if he parted with a feather of them, that he meant to kill them off one by one and find the diamond, but afterwards, thinking it over, he relented a little. He was a gambling hound, was this Potter, a little queer at cards, and this kind of prize packet business must have suited him down to the ground. Anyhow, he offered, for a lark, to sell the birds separately to separate people by auction at a starting price of 80 pounds per bird. But one of them, he said, he meant to keep for luck. You must understand this diamond was a valuable one. A little diamond merchant who was with us had put it at three or four thousand when Panashaw had shown it to him, and this idea of an ostrich gamble caught on. Now it happened that I had been having a few talks on general subjects with a man who looked after these ostriches, and quite incidentally he had said one of the birds was ailing, and he fancied it had indigestion. It had one feather in its tail almost all white, by which I knew it, so when, next day, the oxygen started with it, I capped Panishaw's 85 by 90. I fancy I was a bit too sure and eager with my bid, and some of the others spotted the fact that I was in the know, and Padishaw went for that particular bird like an irresponsible lunatic. At last, the diamond merchant got it for 175 pounds, and Padishaw says the 180 just after the hammer came down, so Potter declared. At any rate, the merchant secured it, and there and then he got a gun and shot it. Potter made a Hades of a fuss because he said it would injure the sale of the other three, and Padishaw, of course, behaved like an idiot, but all of us were very much excited. I can tell you I was precious glad when that dissection was over and no diamond had turned up. Precious glad. I'd gone to 140 on that particular bird myself. But the merchant was like many merchants, and he didn't make any great fuss over bad luck but Potter declined to go on with the auction until it was understood that the goods could not be delivered until the sale was over. The merchant wanted to argue that the case was exceptional, and as the discussion ran pretty even, the thing was postponed until the next morning. We had a lively dinner table that evening, I can tell you, but in the end, Potter got his way. Since it would stand to reason, he would be safer if he stuck to all the birds, and that we owed him some consideration for his sportsmanlike behavior. And the old gentleman whose son was a lawyer said he'd been thinking the thing over, and that it was very doubtful if, when a bird would have been opened and the diamond recovered, it ought not to be handed back to the proper owner. I remember I suggested it came under the laws of treasure trove, which was really the truth of the matter. There was a hot argument, and we settled it was certainly foolish to kill the bird on board the ship. Then the old gentleman, going at large through his legal talk, tried to make out the sale was a lottery and illegal, and appealed to the captain, but Potter said he sold the bird as ostriches. He didn't want to sell any diamonds, he said, and didn't offer that as an inducement. The three birds he put up, to the best of his knowledge and belief, 
did not contain a diamond. It was the one he kept, so he hoped. Prices ruled the high the next day at all the same. The fact that now there were four chances instead of five, of course, caused a rise. The Blessed Birds averaged 227, and oddly enough, this Padishah hadn't secured one of them. Not one. He made too much shindia when he ought to have been bidding. He was talking about liens, and besides, Potter was a bit down on him. One fell to a quiet little officer chap, another to the little merchant, and the third was syndicated by the engineers. And then Potter seemed suddenly sorry for having sold them, and said he'd flung away a clear thousand pounds, and that very likely he'd draw a blank, and that he'd always been, had been a fool. And when I went and had a bit of talk to him, the idea of getting him to hedge on his last chance, I found he'd already sold the bird he'd reserved to a political chap that was on board, a chap who'd been studying Indian morals and social questions in his vacation. That last was the 300 pounds bird. Well, they landed three of the blessed creatures and Brindlisi, though the old gentleman said it was a breach of the custom regulations, and Potter and Padishah landed too. Padishah seemed half mad as he saw his blessed diamond going this way and that, so to speak. He kept on saying he'd get an injunction. He had an injunction on the brain, and giving his name and address to the chaps who'd bought the birds so that they'd know where to send the diamond. None of them wanted his name and address, and none of them would give their own. It was a fine row, I can tell you, on the platform. They all went off by different trains. I came on to Southampton, and there I saw the last of the birds as I came ashore. It was the one the engineers bought, and it was staying up near the bridge in a kind of crate, and looked as leggy and silly a setting for a valuable diamond as you ever saw, if it was a setting for a valuable diamond. How did it end? Oh, like that, well, perhaps. Yes, there's one more thing that may throw light on it. A week or so after landing, I was down at Regent Street, doing a bit of shopping, and who should I see arm in arm and having a purple time of it but Padishah and Potter? If you come to think of it, Yes, I've thought of that, only you see there's no doubt the diamond was real, and Padishah was an eminent man. I've seen his name in the papers often, but whether the bird swallowed the diamond certainly is another matter, as you say. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do like it. You have been listening to Bunyip and Aotashli, a speculative fiction podcast, and I thank you for doing so. Tune in next week. We'll have more good stuff. Thank you